0: Your brothers and sisters in Christ, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Amen. One of the things I would do each month as a Franciscan friar was to take a couple of days of solitude. We would typically head off to one or another hermitage, usually in the woods, in search of a place without sirens and boom boxes and other such inner city distractions. One month, I arrived to a farmhouse, literally in the middle of nowhere outside Hudson, New York. It was close to midnight, and it was pitch dark, cloudy, no sun or no moon was shining, and no stars in the sky, not even the dimmest glow from the streetlights, nothing but darkness on all sides. I managed to find the hidden key that was able to enter the screen porch, Naturally, I reached over to turn on the lights, but guess what happened? Nothing. The only thing that would have been worse is if I got the old flash bulb, because that would have meant that the lights had blown out. But I realized that the mains in the house were off at the electric box. Now That presented another problem, because the house was under construction. The screen porch was full of all sorts of hazards situated between me me and the electric box. Saws, boards with nails sticking out, any number of sharp implements just waiting to lacerate my fragile fragile flesh. Somehow, I had to figure out a way to generate light. There was no flashlight, and it was before the onset of cell phones, which I probably wouldn't have had anyway as a Franciscan friar. I suddenly remembered that there was a wood-burning stove inside the house and usually that there were matches on the shelf nearby. So I felt my way around, and sure enough, I found matches, but guess what? They were damp. I knew I had to pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, nothing. The Lord is with you, nothing. Blessed are you among women. And lo and behold, I got a flame flickering in my fingers. And I was able to safely navigate all the way to the main, seeing all those hazards. And I was able to turn on the house lights, the mains, and the house was suddenly filled with a more marvelous, luminous light. I could still see that little flickering flame, but I didn't need it any longer. Now, all of us, I'm sure, can recall an experience in which we needed just a little more light, maybe during a fierce thunderstorm when the power was out. Maybe the experience of a child, afraid of the dark, conjuring up all kinds of monsters or the boogeyman, crying in need of a comforting light. Or maybe it's a metaphorical darkness, a midlife's endless stream of troubles and depression. And all you want is to find a bit of light at the end of your life's tunnel. We can hardly imagine a world without the never-ending battle between darkness and light. In fact, God's very first creative act at the beginning of time was to utter the words, let there be light and there was Light. light. Very good. You know your Bible a little bit anyway. This was, of course, not sunlight. God didn't create the sun until the fourth day, according to Genesis. The first light is linked to God's self-revelation. And by revelation, I mean both natural revelation, that is what we can come to know about God and the universe by means of our human intellect unaided by grace. And I also mean divine revelation, which is that that can only be known because God tells us it is so and it is dependent upon his own divine authority. Natural revelation is a function of reason which is inherent in every human person. Divine revelation is a function of faith, which is a gift only human beings are capable of accepting from God. There are complementary ways of knowing, and faith is superior to reason because it depends upon God. I think we can theologically understand that first light as God's imparting his divine wisdom outside himself to bring into the created order of the universe Scientists might simply call it the Big Bang, who is very wise as being enlightened. And when we understand something, we say something like, I see. But as my opening story points out, we need light to see. We can't fabricate a reality apart from God. That would amount to what is called relativism. We need the light of God's wisdom to understand the natural secrets of science to understand how to do good and to avoid evil, and to satisfy our human hunger for knowledge of all sorts, including religious truth. This Sunday, we celebrate Word of God Sunday. And the entire year here at Christ the Redeemer Parish is going to be dedicated to inviting God to enlighten each of us by the power of His Word. Brothers and sisters, we need the word of God in our lives to free us from wandering aimlessly in that world of desperate, dangerous darkness called relativism. As Psalm 119, verse 105 and says, and we pray, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Jesus prays in John chapter 17, verse 17, Consecrate them in the truth, and by them he means you and me, all of us. Consecrate them in truth. Your word is truth. And recall the words from Isaiah chapter 8, which was in the first reading this morning. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. And these same words are echoed in the gospel in Matthew chapter 4. The people who sit in darkness have seen A great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. Now, considering what I am saying, you might ask yourself the following question. If God filled the world with light from the beginning, then why is it so hard for us to know the truth? Why are so many tangled up in relativism's wicked web of contradictions? The answer is surprisingly simple. The evil one wants to confuse us. He wants us to believe that the truth is relative. For example, some say abortion is a reproductive right. People actually believe that killing a preborn child is a reproductive right. Of course, that is darkness, the worst kind. Don't take my word for it, just ask those who are suffering after an abortion. We should pray for them because sometimes they live a living hell. I know from firsthand experience of my ministry. Yes, the evil one wants to confuse us, he wants us to believe that men can become women and women can become men, as if we can redefine reality. It is sad that some people really hurt due to what is called gender dysphoria and other kinds of disorders besides. We do well again to pray for them, and we should love them, but we should love them enough to tell them the truth in a dark world of lies. Yes, the evil one really does want to confuse us. His lies are innumerable. For example, It doesn't really matter if you accept the triune God and Jesus Christ as your crucified and risen Lord and Savior. Nah, it doesn't matter. Muslims, Jews, Hindus, and all Christian denominations are all basically the same, aren't they? In fact, it doesn't matter if you even believe in God. Brothers and sisters, that is all darkness, and if Jesus, as if Jesus did not mean it when he said, I am the truth. You see, the evil one really does want to confuse us. The prince of darkness never tells us he's lying. Lucifer, true to his name, always presents himself as an angel of light. He tempts us to desire some perceived truth or goodness apart from God by getting us to see things according to a different light, Lucifer's light. Just ask Adam and Eve. God had filled Adam's mind with that first light of knowledge. Adam didn't struggle to know that God exists, to know right from wrong, or about the things of the created natural order. The deck was literally stacked in Adam's favor. But the devil tricked Adam On the one thing he didn't know, that there is no truth or goodness apart from God's light. And as soon as Adam committed original sin, his intellect was overwhelmed by darkness. He and his offspring, down to the present day, were doomed to wander in darkness and shadows. To this very day, the evil one strives, strives to deceive us. Now, that's bad news. But bad as it is, we're not without hope. Humanity never lost its longing for, its affinity for God. We are hardwired to seek God. The trouble is that we, left to our own devices, keep looking for God and his truth in all the wrong places. In fact, that is how most of the world's religions came to be. Humanity was searching for God in the stars, in the planets, in wild beasts, in idols, in nature. Some people limit the truth to what can be known scientifically, and some still repeat Adam's mistake, thinking that deep down inside, I am really God. There are even ideologies such as communism and socialism, These reject the world order founded on divine and natural law, favoring some supposed utopian, idealized, man-made state imposed and enforced by the government state. One thing is certain. A world without God is quite literally hell. So how do we break free from darkness and confusion? What's the good news in all of this? The good news is that God once again has spoken into the darkness and chaos. Let there be light. And there was light. We call it divine revelation. Through which God makes himself known to us again. Most fully in the person of Jesus Christ. All that God has revealed. From his promise to Adam that his own offspring would crush the head of the serpent through Abraham, the patriarchs and prophets, all the way to Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. All that God has revealed is summed up in Jesus Christ, in his words and in his example. Jesus is the living truth who sets us free from the evil one's constant confusion. Jesus crushed Satan's head. Jesus is the world's one true light. It is the Word of God that connects us to Christ. All that God has revealed for our salvation is enshrined in the Word of God that we celebrate today and throughout this year and hopefully, brothers and sisters, throughout our whole lives. As someone once said very well, the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, means basic instructions before leaving earth. But we need to remember that as Catholics, we possess the fullness of God's word. For this reason, as we celebrate today the written, inspired word of God, that is sacred scripture, Pope Francis goes on to remind us that Vatican II teaches that, and I quote, it is not from sacred scripture alone that the church draws her certainty about everything that has been revealed. Therefore, both sacred tradition teachings are enshrined in the catechism the Catholic Church. Sadly, our church these days is barely catechized to the most basic level. That is a huge pastoral problem, brothers and sisters, and it must be remedied, and I believe it is at the heart of the Pope's pastoral initiatives. As your pastor, it is my sincere hope that all of us together allow ourselves to be enlightened by Jesus, the light of the world through our deeper devotion to the Word of God in its fullness. It is high time that the church cast off bushel baskets, all bushel baskets, so that our light can shine brightly like a lamp, so that those who sit in darkness can see a great light, the light of Christ, and give glory to God. Amen? Amen. To end, I share a brief excerpt from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 50 to 52, which basically sums up all that I've been saying. By natural reason, man can know God with certainty on the basis of his works, but there is another order of knowledge which man cannot possibly arrive at by his own powers, the order of divine revelation. It pleased God in his goodness and wisdom to reveal himself and to make known the mystery of His will. God, who dwells in unapproachable light, wants to communicate His own divine life to the men He freely created in order to adopt them as sons in His only begotten Son. By revealing Himself, God wishes to make them, us, you and I, capable of responding to Him, of knowing Him, of loving Him, far beyond our own natural capacity. Dear brothers and sisters, don't miss the point. The point is actually quite simple. God has enshrined all his saving truth in the word of God in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. The word of God is our light in the dark world of devilish deceptions. The Word of God is kind of like a GPS. It directs us surely and certainly through life all the way to heaven. It even helps us to recalculate when we wander off course. May the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, bless and keep you always all the way to heaven. Amen.